All right, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to James chapter 1. We'll be considering verses 19 through 27, James chapter 1 this morning. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy, I think, for all of us to take things for granted. You know, relationships, uh, even family relationships at times. I know we've probably learned a lot these last several months of, of taking things for granted like, like haircuts and, and going out to dinner and, and, and eating out and that type of thing. But, you know, I think it's easy sometimes to take God's word for granted. You know, I don't think we realize the access we have to, to the truth of Scripture. You know, probably several of us have... Uh, many Bibles in our home, you have Bibles on your phone, you know, we just have access to God's truth and we take it for granted. I know I do at times. And it's a blessing. It's such a blessing to have the word of God and it have it, it's available to us in the book of, and it's just helpful for us. And this morning, this, this section of scripture we're going to look at at James is just a, a real helpful, practical uh, thought of how to do life as a follower of Christ, how to live out, how to behave uh, like we believe. And that's James, really. The whole book is, is really because of a, of a follower of Christ's faith, it should lead into living out works. And again, faith is what saves us, but faith doesn't stand alone. When there's faith, it will lead to a, a walk that's pleasing to Christ. And this morning, there, there's four ways how we should just live out Jesus, how we should behave as followers. There's many more ways, but there's four ways in this section of Scripture. James chapter 1, uh, in verse 19, it says this, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And then verse 21 says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word of God in you, which can save you. And as we look at this, as we look at this first thought this morning, it's clear that we should be quick to hear what God has to say. We should be quick to hear God's word. You know, I think this was really important back in, in, in Jewish culture. You know, they didn't have access like we do to the, to the full 66 books that we can carry around, the, the scriptures. You know, when something was presented orally, you know, you really had to listen up and really pay attention to what was being said. And I think that's why he says, okay, take note of this. Okay, pay attention. You know, I'm about to give you some some truths here. So, so we're to be quick to hear what God says to us this morning. You know, the, I, I came across these thoughts. Uh, I, I think I found them on the internet. I'm not quite sure where I found them, but I thought they were helpful and they're not on your, on your outline or anything. But, but how we hear well, uh, I think we hear well when we truly listen to other people. You know, I know my issue typically is I'm thinking about what I'm going to say when I'm having a conversation with someone else, and I'm not really hearing what they say. And I think it's important that we really listen uh, and, and we look at people when we're talking to them. You know, I, it's amazing. You know, we'll be talking to people and we'll be on our phone. And our phone will go off and we'll pull it out and we'll, well, just a second. And we forget about just paying attention to those people and being concerned about people in our life. So, so look at them. Pay attention. And, and I, I tell you, it's important that we're sensitive to moods and to gestures. Uh, I, I've kind of learned, I've been married 
1984, I got married, so you do the math after that. But uh, I never did too good in math or reading or spelling or all those classes. But, but, but here's what I do know. I've learned this. I've learned that I just shouldn't talk so much in the morning because my wife just doesn't want to hear it. And it takes her a little ways to get through the day before she starts paying attention. And it's weird how it works because I'm one of those people, I just love mornings. I love to get up. I love to go. And, and then about 9 o'clock at night, I just start to shut down and get a little more cranky than normally I am. And it's like, don't bother me. And then my wife, she's just starting to get going. So it's like, okay, we got to figure this out. But, but again, my point as I think of this idea of being quick to hear is just truly listen. Don't be always about our agenda and pay attention to, to those God puts in our life. And then another thought is this, and limit how uh, we, we're exposed to social media, social media and screens in general. And what do I mean by this? Don't, don't let them control you. Don't let them guide you. You know, you might be getting text messages right now. Ignore them. It'd be a good thing. Uh, because I think we can sometimes forget those face-to-face -face meetings. And, of course, I know we have to be careful with this, whatever's going on with this uh, corona. But, but, you know, it's good to have face-to-face -face meetings. I'm glad we're uh, off while we're still doing the Internet stuff, but I'm glad we can meet like this. It's good to see everybody. It's good to give you the elbow bumps and that type of thing. It's good to see Quint in his mask. Uh, so have those face-to-face -face times. They're important. And then I want to encourage you as well as I think of this thought, read the Word of God. You know, and I think it's more than just moving your bookmark or just checking it off. Well, I just did my daily bread, so I'm good today. Or, or, or I did my proverb today. I mean, those are good things. But go deeper. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let God lead you. Let, let God lie, uh, guide you. And, and be willing to, to slow down. To be willing to, to listen to God, what God says. I, I think of Samuel in the Old Testament. I think it's 1 Samuel 3 where, where uh, Eli said, Hey, Samuel, I think God's speaking to you. I know God's speaking to you. And Samuel said, Speak, Lord, your servant listens. Speak, Lord, your servant listens. That's a, a good practice for all of us to, 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 to let guide us. And then one more thought to go along with this. Uh, prepare for worship. Prepare for, for hearing what God says. And, and that can start before you get in here on a Sunday morning. That can start uh, on your Saturday. Um, if, you, you're from a, if you have uh, more than one person to get ready in your household, uh, I encourage you to get your clothes ready the night before. Uh, plan on what you're going to wear before you get up in the morning. That might be a good thing. It'll kind of keep you moving and it'll keep from distractions and it'll help you get here on time too. Uh, focus on being a listener and, and, and prepare for what God has to say to us. You know, too often, again, I pointed this out already, but I'm too busy talking and not thinking about the other person and being involved in their life. Be quick to listen. Jesus told us, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Quick to listen. We hear well when we're quick to listen, and, and then we go through this section of Scripture. I read it. It, it involves us being slow to speak, being slow to speak. Now, when I'm slow to speak, I'm not always ready to have to give my opinion. 
and give my, you know, some of those people, they like, well, I know what you're doing. I know what you're saying. And then they give you what you really don't want to hear. You just want to share sometimes. And they're just not slow to speak. They're, 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 they're just off, offering their opinion all the time. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. As I look around, I can't see everybody real close, but it looks like everybody's got two ears. And, and it looks like everybody's got just one mouth. And I think there's some, a word picture there to think, well, okay, I should probably listen more than I speak because it's just your, your two ears and one mouth. So, so a good, good practice for us. You know, this, uh, this was on a, uh, I didn't see the, the headstone, but this, uh, I was reading in a, a illustration book and it had this epitaph of a lady uh, who had died. And it said this, beneath this stone, a lump of clay lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. And boy, if we could just, Grab that tongue and just let it not always have to, to, to waggle and, and give our ideas. Be slow to speak. Uh, Proverbs, so helpful. Look at this proverb. This is one I, I really need to learn. I wish it wasn't in the Bible, but it is. So uh, that's actually First Peter. There's one before that. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 10, verse 19. When there are many words, sin is unavoidable. But the one who controls his lips is wise. Isn't that a powerful passage from the, the wisest man in the world where he said, in other words, talk less. So the less I talk, the less opportunity I have to sin. And a wise person controls his mouth. Now, again, there's times we should talk. There's, there's times our opinions asked for, and, and that's a good thing, you know. But there's just, just wisdom when your words are timed well. And, and, and put in the right context of the situation. So when there are many words, sin is unavoidable. In other words, talk less, Gary. And then Peter, of course, we know Peter was one of those people who, who was known for putting his foot in his mouth all the time, but he actually, maybe this was a season in his life where he started to figure out, he said, whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. If I want to enjoy life, if I want to love life, I need to keep my tongue from evil. I need to watch deceitful speech in my life. And that's how you love life. It's right there in the Bible. So we're slow to speak when we're quick to hear God's word. There's a second thought here, and it's right in the passage. It says, be slow to anger. My anger is not going to produce a righteous life. Human anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires for every one of us in here. And, you know, we'll try to argue and think, why? Well, Jesus was angry. Yeah, Jesus was angry. But he didn't sin when he was angry. And that's my issue, and it's probably your issue as well. When you get angry, you probably produce a life that's not righteous. And God doesn't want us to live there or even go there. I love this quote. It came out of a study by Henry Brand. It's an older study, and it's in a book called The Heart of the Problem. Look what it says here. Our own reactions, anger and frustration, to a particular situation can so consume us that we forget about God and what he wants to do in our lives to teach us right in the middle of what is happening. 
Many times our thoughts are so consumed because we put our eyes on other people's behavior and not on what Christ would desire of us in the situation. I, just, I think that's a powerful quote there. You know, other people are going to tick us off sometimes, but don't let it lead you to where you start sinning in your anger. Let God realize that God's put you in that situation to, to hopefully strengthen us, to, to work in us as we go through life. So be slow to anger. And then there's another thought here to be willing to put aside all moral filth. <laughs> moral filth, verse 21, get rid of it. Get rid of the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And you know, the, uh, a deeper research of this verse tells us it's the idea of, of someone who uh, has dirty clothes and they remove them. Dirty, soiled clothes. You know, sometimes maybe you're working in the garden, you work outside and you're sweating and you, you get dirty. You know, the idea is that you're to remove those clothes. You're to put them aside. And, and that's what James is trying to point out for us here. It's like, like you're getting away from that dirt. That filth. Uh, William Barclay says this about this. He says, it's the idea of, of a reference to wax in your ear. And he said this, the person with wax in their ear cannot hear what God's saying, not clearly. He must take the wax out of his ear or else he will be deaf to the word of God. So, so those things that get in your ears that shouldn't be there, uh, get rid of them. Move away from them. Remove them. The idea is... is, is they, they keep you from hearing what God is saying in our life. And then be willing to have the right attitude through all this as we're quick to hear. And, and that's at the end of verse 21 where it says, humbly accept the word that's planted in you which can save you. And, and see, pride's the opposite of humility. And pride gets in the way and it slows us down and it keeps us from having an attitude that, that is... Uh, is Christ-like. You know, it's kind of like when you're riding along in the car and you're, you're, you're driving and, and your wife gives you instruction of where you're going. Maybe you're, you're going someplace you hadn't been before. And, and, I, and my prize is, I don't want to listen to her. We're going the right way. And you'll be traveling along and, you, and then you start to realize, well, you know, I'm going the wrong way. And pride says, I'm going to keep driving anyway. And you'll keep driving and you'll be out somewhere. And it's like, I remember we were going to Lancaster, Pennsylvania once. And I went the wrong way. And I was supposed to be going, I think I was supposed to be going west and I was going east. And it's like, I know if I keep going east, I'll end up back in Lancaster. But it just wasn't going to happen. But, but the fact is, the pride in me was, I, I ain't going to listen to her. And, you know, we could have saved a lot of time and a lot of money on gas and a lot of other things. But, but again, that idea of not having the right attitude and humbly, yeah, you know what, Heidi, you, you got some good instruction here. You, you have a good sense of direction. We're going we're gonna to go that way. And uh, it would pay off to listen at times. So the right attitude, again, is we're quick to listen. So God wants us to be good listeners as we journey through life. James gives us that wisdom too. A second way to behave, we see in verses 22 through 25, and that is we're to be doers of the word. Doers of the word and not a hearer only. Look at the passage, verse 22. It says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, 
They will be blessed in all they do. Agreeing with the scripture is not the same as doing the scriptures. Because we, we probably all know some of the scripture here this morning. We probably know some of the Ten Commandments. We, we know we're supposed to love our brothers. If you're married, you're supposed to love your wife. Uh, we're supposed to be good citizens. You know, I think Romans uh, 13 tells us all that. Uh, but it's more than just hearing it. It's doing it. And, and, you know, I thought this idea of hearing was interesting. I remember uh, having the opportunity to be in college and there were some people sometimes that would take the same class I was taking, but they would audit the class. And by audit it, they, they'd come to the class, they'd, they'd take notes, but they didn't have to turn in any assignments. They didn't have to do any of the tests. They would just audit the class. And, and that's what James is telling us here. Don't just audit life. Don't just take in what the Bible says. You do what it says. You do the opportunities that God's given us. You, you do more than just take in information. And, and, you know, he uses a great word picture. And that's what's great about James. There's so many word pictures throughout the book. But, but he, he uses the word picture of, of looking in the mirror. And, you know, thankfully... We looked in the mirror this morning, you know, and sometimes if we are not careful and don't look in the mirrors, there will be things hanging off of us that shouldn't be uh, hanging off of us and people will notice and, and uh, they'll maybe call you out on it. I remember I had the opportunity to be a student pastor for several years in, in Northeast Ohio and it was one of some of the uh, fun years of, of our ministry. And I remember uh, we had the opportunity in the one church I was part of to... to uh, be a part of a, of a morning Bible study to the students at school. And uh, so I'm in this morning Bible study on Wednesday mornings, and I was on my way to the morning Bible study one morning, and I'm in one of these old Chevettes. Does anybody remember Chevettes? You know, I, that's what we lived on, Chevettes. And we had those windows that you had to roll down. I know some of you teenagers don't have any idea what that means, but you just, we rolled down the window, and I'm on my way to school, and uh, I'm eating this apple, and I was finished with the apple, so I threw the core out the window. And you can do that because they're biodegradable. That's not littering. At least I can justify that. Um, so, so I throw the apple out the window. It hits the top of the window there and it just rolls out. And I, so I just roll my window back up and continue on to school. So I get to this high school. And again, I'm, you know, late 20s, early 30s. And, you know, uh, three kids later, so I'm, you know, about 250. And I'm walking through schools. And all these high school girls are, like, smiling at me and I must still look pretty good, you know, I'm walking down through school. So I get to the Bible study, and one of these girls, the girls in our, the Bible study, Penny, she goes, hey, Gary, you got apple core in your hair. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I should have looked in the mirror after I threw the apple out the window, right? So the idea is pay attention, use God's word as a mirror, let it reflect what's in there and on there that's not supposed to be, and, 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 and get away from that. God's word allows me and allows us to examine ourselves and it reflects on us what needs to change. So don't sit and listen, go and do. Uh, and you know, when I do this, when I, when I live out the word of God, I'm a believer who has freedom. Uh, I'm a believer who has purpose and meaning in my life. I, I have victory and obedience in temptation. You know, I'm happy. I'm enjoying life when there's obedience. And then there's a, an assurance, there's a confidence that comes. And, and that's what verse 25 tells us. Not forgetting what you've heard, but doing it. 
there, there's a blessing that comes. So again, use this thought this morning, hopefully to, to be uh, willing to uh, get rid of these things that shouldn't be in our life as we behave as followers. And then there's two more thoughts here. Uh, verse 26, I need to bring my words, we bring our words under control. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. And you know, as a follower of Jesus, when I'm not doing this, when, when I'm not living out Christ, I dominate conversations. I interrupt conversations. I, I become one who gossip and tells tales. I, I'm a criticizer. I'm a complainer. I'm, I'm a judgmental person. I'm a, a condemning person. I, I run down people. And again, that's religion. That's belief that is worthless. A doer of the word of God. First Peter 2 verse 1 tells me, Therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. What's it say? Get rid of those things. Psalm 34 verse 14 tells me to turn from evil and do good. It tells me to seek peace and pursue it. And then the Proverbs are so helpful because about every chapter of the Proverbs has something about our words. And in Proverbs 13, it says this, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Bring our words under control. And again, the tongue, the scriptures tell us, is hard to tame. And when we let the spirit of God just indwell us and, 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 and we surrender to him, you know, we can get victory and our tongues can be words that bring delight and words that can bring hope, words that can encourage. You know, it's so important for us dads to be encouragers. You know, that of boys are, are such good things to teach our kids and, and encouraging them and, and, and giving them speaking life and speaking truth is so good. A, a great verse for all of us, Ephesians 4, verse 29. Paul said this to the church of Ephesus. He said, don't let any unwholesome talk or as the old King James would say, corrupt communication come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So helpful words, encouraging words. This isn't flattery. This is speaking the truth in a loving way, in a gentle way. Uh, I've always heard it said that if you don't have anything good to say, just don't say it. And, and you know, don't say it with your mannerisms either. <laughs> I didn't say anything. You know, and, and we're very good at that sometimes too, aren't we? And, and even uh, just gestures and such. So again, a, a great thought here as we move through this passage. And then there's one more thought here. Again, we're, how are we to believe, how are we to behave as followers? Verse 27 we're to be about people. We're to be about people. And, and look at verse 27. Religion, a follower of Christ, believers, religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. 
You know, if you're a loving person, if you're a caring person, you care about other people. You invest in other people. We, we can't be islands. And again, people drive us crazy at times, but you love anyway. You pull in close. You, you, you push through the awkward. And, and James in this section just gives us some real practical thoughts here as, as we're about people, as we're about others. And, and you know, he, he, he makes a list here. And, you know, I'll add a little bit of, of, of some other practical thoughts here. But when you care about people, you, you, you care about those that are, that are orphans, that are fatherless or motherless. You care about widows. You, you care about the shut-in. You, you care about the lonely. You care about the grieving. You know, add to the list. You know, there's people maybe in your workplace. There's people who maybe are in your family that you just need to keep throwing lifelines to and, and caring about, even, even though maybe uh, the rest of the family's written them off. You know, that lonely person, that neighbor, that, that, that person who just you know has a need, be about people. I think we can throw them all into this idea of, of religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless. You know, many of us are familiar with Francis Chan. He wrote that book, Crazy Love, several years ago, and uh, the book Forgotten God and several other books. And he's, he's, he's a good Bible teacher. And, and he said this in, in one of his studies. He said, uh, he, he said that there's, there's a, a half a million foster kids in, in America. Okay, so think about that. A half a million foster kids. And, and, and then he went on to say, he said, and there's a million churches. So he broke this down. He says, it's just one out of two churches would take a foster child. Think about that. One out of two, there'd be no foster kids. I mean, and again, this is a very clear mandate in scripture that God tells us, hey, take care of the orphans, take care of the fatherless. You know, I think foster kids fit in here. And again, thankfully our church has really started to push and, and move toward that. And again, I, our movies and our, our, our TV shows sometimes, oh, foster care and these children's homes are just so beautiful, they're so lovely. You know, it's not lovely. You know, these kids are, are carnal, just like us. Some of them even more. And, and it's important that we realize that that's, there's a, a need and, and, and keep that growing passion going toward those that are in that circle. Jesus said this, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus told us that. So, be in contact with needs that are around us. And, and here's a couple words, three words to kind of help us. Tenderness, kindness, and helpfulness. Tenderness, kindness, and helpfulness. And, and again, as we're in this life to be in other people's life, we do it by not getting spotted by the world. You know, it's easy sometimes to, to, to let the world maybe get in there and, and get in the way. And that's something we got to be careful of. Because, you know, who better than Jesus pushed into other people's lives? You know, the Pharisees and, and the different ones he pushed into, but yet he didn't sin. He stayed unspotted. So it's important that we stay unspotted as we're involved in people. So how do we apply all this as we think of being 
a hearer of the word and being quick in that, to be a doer of the word and not just listening to it, to, to watching what we say, to being about people. Well, I just got a couple more passages that are gonna come up for us. The first one's actually not on the screen, but it's in Galatians. And, and Paul told us this in Galatians. He says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out, you'll be destroyed by each other. So again, if I learn to just bicker and bite and, and, and complain and, and fight with people in my life, you know, I'm gonna destroy them. And it's just not something God wants for us. The better way, spur one another on, Hebrews tells us, toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Lord, you're so good to us. Thank you for <clears throat> your promises and for these passages that are, that are hard hitting, but yet, Lord, you just tell us that we're supposed to live out these truths because they make us more like you. And Lord, I pray that this just wouldn't fall on deaf ear this morning. I know in my life, sometimes I'll, I'll share something, but I don't live it out. Help me realize that, that there's people in my life that matter and, and help me show them Jesus. And I just pray that for the rest of us here today. You know, Lord, uh, there's a lot in your word that we don't understand, but the things we do understand, help us live them out because they are there to help us and to equip us and to, to help us reach people for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.